All right, and welcome into the Waiver Wire Show, the Week 10 Waiver Wire Show with the IDP guys. As always, I am one of your hosts, Michael Sicoli, and this week I am not joined by Axton Harding. I am, in fact, joined by Brandon Hay, good friend, good IDP guy, fellow right here as well. How are you doing today, Brandon? I am great. How are you doing, Michael? Thanks for having me on. No, of course. And I, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I think there's no better week to get into waivers. And honestly, I thought for a while there uh, this week we would be escaping without too many major injuries. But there's a lot of names to talk about today. I mean, with Devon Diablo going down, we had Pete Werner go down less on, on Monday night, which sucked. And, you know, there's a lot of other breakout, a lot of other streaming candidates, a lot of guys we want to talk about. As always, we're going to start off with defense and we'll get into offense right after that. At any point, feel free to drop in uh, drop in questions in the chat. Offense, defense, we'll answer answer them at the end of those segments. And yeah, we're just gonna have a good good fun time here today. That is the theme of this waiver show, week in week out. Be sure to follow uh, IDP guys on Twitter. It's where all our stuff inevitably goes to. It's where all our content ends up going, as well as myself and Michael underscore underscore Scully and Brandon at Hey B Three. What is up, Anthony Mejia? Good to talk. Good to see you, man. I don't know if I've seen you in the chat before. Let's uh, let's get this going, though. Let's jump into the defensive side of the ball. Let's jump into the defensive lineman. Last week, really happy with last week, because last week we highlighted a few names. Carlos Dunlap, who was really just a good real-life contributor, but turned into a fancy contributor this past week as a good streamer, one-half sacks, four tackles, and a TFL. Mentioned Jerry Hughes, who went off on Thursday Night Football, had two sacks, a few TFLs, was lighting it up on the screen uh we also threw a Derek brown who left the game 30 percent of the snaps uh, with only 30 percent of the snaps left with an illness a little bit disappointing there but what can you do we also met draymond jones who was on by so we will see how he does next week this week though this week i am chasing the same theme that i went with jerry hughes and same theme i've done with a few other guys i'm chasing the matchups i'm chasing the colts brandon because the Colts have one of the worst offensive lines I have seen since, like, worse than the Steelers last year, worse than the Jets in the prime. This is abysmal. This is a team that's allowed 35 sacks in eight games this year, or I guess in nine games now. That's, you know, if you want to do the math on that, that's almost four sacks a game, right, if I'm if I, if I passed algebra or whatever. So, you know, that's that's the recipe I want to chase. And the Raiders have not been able to get home too much this year. It's Max Crosby and no one else. But I'm willing to take a chance on guys like Chandler Jones, who have been nothing but unimpressive. Even Cleland Farrell, who has a, you know, he's logged a few QB hits this year. He only hovers around that 50% snap mark, but still someone that I'm willing to stream because the matchup is so juicy. And I do think the Raiders have enough juice to get home. I guess this Colts team that is just not that good. And Jeff Saturday, as great of a name as he may be, as weird of a story as he may be, is not going to solve those issues on a one-week basis. What, what do you think, Brandon? Yeah, I, I don't think he is either, unless, you know, he's beefed up and he's going to play offensive line again uh, for for the Colts. But, uh, yeah, the Colts gave up, I believe, what, nine sats to the Patriots, something crazy. And I know Josh Uche had three sats. So Chandler Jones has not done a lot, but how bad, how bad that line is, um, I do tend to, to agree. I would think they would try to double uh, Crosby, you know, and then everyone else will have uh, more one-on-one opportunities. But I think there'd be, there's an opportunity for sets, and you got to imagine, especially if uh, Jonathan Taylor's back, they're going to run the ball a lot, so that's more opportunity for tackles. So uh, I, I do agree with that. Yeah, and that's a great point to even throw out in a defensive tackle league, especially a little bit deeper ones maybe. Bilal Nichols, uh, who's been playing around 70, 75% of snaps for this Raiders defense, will be the one sure thing in terms of, by sure thing, in terms of one person we can guarantee snaps within that interior defensive line. The Colts will try to run the ball because they cannot pass the ball, especially now they're adding a former offensive lineman as their head coach. I gotta imagine they're going to try to reestablish the run with or without Jonathan Taylor. Could be a good day for Bilal Nichols. Nice little uh, name to keep in mind. Someone who's available in every single league, I'm sure. Uh, let's throw out another name. Uh, how about Javon Hargrave? So this was, this is, I, I'm a Steeler fan here, right? So I'm very familiar with Javon Hargrave, someone who began his uh, career with the Steelers and was great with the Steelers, but in true Pittsburgh fashion, they didn't want to pay him. He went off to Philadelphia, had an okay year, 
but has really been coming on of late, has been just excellent for the Eagles, this undefeated team. He has five sacks in as in uh in the last two weeks, and a lot of them came uh this past week as well in much needed situations. So five sacks in two weeks, 15 tackles in two weeks, 12 of which were solos. He's worth a stash, if not, you know, like those are splash games you're not going to get every single week because they're defensive tackles. The ceilings tend not to be that high with guys like Javon Hargrave, but he is popping off and it's the type of guy that when you're chasing defensive tackle points, I'll, I'll ride the hot hand. And he grabbed three of those sacks against the Texans. You know, the Eagles, uh, the Eagles have a pretty favorable schedule the rest of the way, and he's not going to go away because he's been that good for them. So... I like Javon Hargrave as a potential rest of season play, streaming based off matchups. I think you do that again this week against Washington with a quarterback that, you know, doesn't exactly handle pressure the best as well, as much as we do like Taylor Heineke in the fantasy circles. How about you, Brent? No, I agree. And that uh, that Philadelphia defense is doing very well. And since they are getting up on teams, um, you know, they, they're going to get more sacks, you know, with that pressure and everything. The only thing I worry about is, you know, as a defensive tackle in Hargrave, when they do get up, that means teams might not run the ball as much. So that, yep. so he's probably going to be, a, you know, like you said, a boomer bust. But, um, you know, the, the Eagle, pretty much everything on the Eagles is running well right now. And against the Commanders, he should get, uh, pl- you know, plenty of opportunities to do some of that because uh, Brian Robinson likes to just run right straight into the line. Um, and Ron Rivera wants to keep, playing him even though Antonio Gibson's better. So you could probably get some, uh, you know, tackles there. So, uh, you know, I agree. But defensive tackles, uh, if you're not getting the main couple guys, it's so hit or miss. So, but he's definitely, you know, worth the, you know, just kind of stab out there to uh, play him. Yeah, I definitely agree. Good to see you, DJ DuVernay. Uh, first time stopping in. Always love to see a first time viewer. Are we doing regular fancy questions? If you're saying offense, we get into offense on the second half of the show. And, of course, if you have any questions about offense or defense, this goes for everyone, of course. Be sure to drop them in the chat. We'll be going through it at the end of defense, at the end of offense. We're always just here to have a good time. Keep dropping those in. Keep talking in the chat. I'd love to see it. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll answer your question, uh, Infinite, about uh, our records in, in, in some of my leagues. Yeah, top of, I got, it's always on top of my mind. Uh, the last defensive lineman I want to throw out there is, of course, Justin Houston. So I am shocked that this is happening as much as it is. I'm not sure what uh what compound v that to make a boys reference here that justin houston is consumed at this late stage of his career uh they got to be playing on third downs only really that's what he did last year it's what he does this year and he's still getting a sack per game it's really tough for me to trust it uh but he has eight and a half sacks in six games which is an insane efficiency rate he has that role locked up because he's been incredibly good for it for this ravens team that finds themselves in need of a pass rusher more often than not. It's really been an underwhelming unit, to be honest. And he got it done again. He got another, you know, bone-crushing sack in the second half of that game on on Monday. And listen, I mean, if you're in the need of, you know, somebody, if he had, assuming he has defensive lineman eligibility, you know, I don't want him at linebacker, it's, why not? You chase the right hot hand with these sacks. You could easily be a Robert Quinn of this year, of a guy that, you know, isn't incredibly impressive on every single play, but he's going to get sacks. It's just what he does. He has, he finds his way to one per game. And, you know, with a handful, a couple tackles and a potential splash too. Why not? Why not, Brandon? Why not? Tell me why not. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be totally honest. Like a couple games ago, I didn't even realize Justin Houston was still on the Ravens. Yeah. Um, fair, you fair. know, and uh, I've been watching and, you know, he's been playing well. I, I am a little cautious. Um, don't know how it's going to really work out, but with Tyus Bowser coming back yes. and David Ojabo coming off the IR, you know, it's probably going to take him a few weeks. But uh, I that might change it a little bit. But who knows? Because now that Roquan Smith's in there, um, they're going to focus more blocking towards him. So that might even open up more. Um, so, you know, you're really going on, you know, if he gets these sets because he doesn't get, you know, a high volume of um you know significant plays but i would like to see what the what the return of these other defensive players really does um overall it's going to make this baltimore defense better that has kind of struggled early in the season um but you saw last week they they were pretty lights out again against the saints team that had been playing better as of late 
Yeah, and I I can't wait to see David Ojabo return. I really hope he is what he was because that that injury was terrible. The timing of it, and I I hope he is the prospect that we hoped he was going to be. I just have a side note there. Uh, but yep, those are our defensive lineman pickups for this week. Um, let's move on to linebackers, the meat of the position. Tackles, tackles, tackles. Last week we suggested Sion Takitaki, who was on bye, so we'll see how he works out. Uh, we were deciding between the Bears linebacker. I threw out Jack Sanborn. He got the role. He got that 76% snap roll. Seven tackles is what you want to see. We'll see whether he keeps it going forward. I mean, you know, in a game that, you know, the Bears were defense was pretty pitifully demolished. But I I, I expect Jack Sanborn, Sanborn to hold that role. So hopefully you got him last week. If you don't have him, pick him up now. Uh, we threw out Jalen Smith, who was on bye. He came on two weeks ago. Um, and we also mentioned Jelani Tavai from two weeks ago. He was a hit. You know, big. Uh, he dipped in snaps in week eight, so it didn't feel that good then. But now he returned to that role, got it done. But for this week, let's get into some names. Blake Martinez. And I'll tell you, he is going to be a big part of the IDP Guys newsletter that if you want to sign up for, that is in the link of my Twitter bio. Because the man that was left for dead, and rightfully so, has returned like the phoenix rising from the ashes now in las vegas he saw over 90 percent of snaps this past week he saw a lot of tackles because he saw a lot of snaps 11 tackles and devon diablo is now on the ir with a forearm injury and we've seen this before from him especially in this patrick graham system where he was exactly in this role in new york you know it doesn't matter whether he's great he gets a lot of tackles and it works for fantasy but I don't know if he keeps it long-term. He was great as one of the worst Raiders defenders this past week, which rightfully so. We saw what the Raiders got choking a, what, 17-point lead to the Jaguars? Your Jaguars, Brandon. Congrats on that. Congrats, congrats on that. Um, but listen, I, I as this is a weak linebacker room for the Raiders. So in the meanwhile, you know, I, I do think Blake Martinez is going to hold the role for at least one more week, and that means he's going to get a lot of tackles. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I've i been holding Blake Martinez, you know, on some of my uh, IDP teams. I didn't play him this last week because, you know, who would have? Who would have seen this happening? But, uh, yeah, he's, you know, that Raiders, that Raiders defense isn't very good. So, um, the linebackers ha- have gotten a lot of tackles, and we've seen that multiple linebackers can have good days on that team with Perriman coming back and Diablo still, you know, getting a um, good amount of tackles. So, and as we said with the defensive line, it hasn't done much. So a lot is funneled to those linebackers. And um, even if he's, I mean, because even bad linebackers, that actually helps because if they miss, you know, don't get, you know, them right away, then the defense is on the field more, more tackles to go around. So um, it will be interesting how long he can, you know, stay in that uh, starting role. Yeah, I mean, he really did not play well, but again, that linebacker room is not deep. So we will see how it works. Let's go to number two, Aziz Al-Shahir. I hope I'm – is it Al-Shahir? I hope it is. Um, or I hope I'm saying that uh, correctly. That is the San Francisco 49ers linebacker that we have not heard of for four weeks now because he has been on the injured reserve. And this 49ers defense has not been bad, but it has missed him sorely. I mean, Dre Greenlaw's been dealing with some injuries as well. They've been asking some other people to step up, but he, I, I do expect him to jump right into a very valuable role that saw him break, you know, the triple digit tackle mark in 2021. He had 102 tackles last year. So with anyone coming off injury, I'm going to exercise some, you know, caution, some patience, because I do think we could, could be a week or two before we see him jump into the big role that he used to have, but I do expect him to get that back. And we've seen Fred Warner at times not be the tackle machine that, you know, some people want him to be. So someone's going to get that. And I do think Al Shahir is a guy that will get those will get those plays and somebody that I do expect him to return this week. I want him to I want to play him in two weeks, but I he is somebody that I want to be holding right now for when he gets that role back. Yeah, I don't I don't have much to add about that. Um, but yeah, whenever someone's coming back from injury, I'm always hesitant, especially on um on defense because you never really know when, you know, they get out there and finally get hit, how much they'll play, you know, if they're going to be a little, um, you know, fatigued, you know, how much, how many snaps they're going to really get. So I definitely agree with everything you said. Awesome. 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 That's always good when people agree with me. It makes me feel good. You know, uh, Derek Barnes, this other name, because I feel like we are throwing out 
a Lions linebacker every three weeks on this show, it feels like, Brandon. But uh, listen, you know, before it was Malcolm Rodriguez, you know, the running mate to Alex Anzalone, and Malcolm Rodriguez got hurt this past week, unfortunately. And because of that, we saw Derek Barnes' snaps nearly triple from 18 to 50. He had 12 tackles, eight of which were assisted. He grabbed a sack, a pass defense, everything you could possibly want. And in the inverse of what you mentioned earlier about the Eagles of teams not being able to run on them because they have to play the pass, the Lions don't have that issue. The Lions have the issue of teams are going to run on them because they, they, they're, they're not a very good football team. I'm sorry, Nate, if you're listening to this. They're not a very good football team. And Derek Barnes is taking full advantage of that. We saw that with 12 tackles this week. That's a high-ceiling type of guy. Alex Anzalone has never been impressive to me. So I fully expect him to have a linebacker two role with a chance of even jumping above that. So he's one of – I think there's three really good linebackers to target this week. It's a strong week for uh, linebackers to, you know, be picking up if you are in need, which is good to know. Uh, any other thoughts about him? And we have one other name I have some really excited about throwing out. or not as excited, but we'll talk about it. Um, yeah, uh, I will say, you know, the last couple of weeks, the Lions defense has played a lot better. So, you know, so, um, you know, and, and with, but, you know, they played very well against, you know, a bad Packers offense, but still, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers and they, they made a lot of plays and he seemed to be, uh, Barnes seemed to be very involved. So, uh, yeah, definitely. We've seen, you know, even players that aren't or we don't consider to be very good, like Anzalone, you know, they can put up monster fantasy oh, days. Yeah. And that's all that's all we really care about um fantasy wise. You know, not necessarily that they're good, that they just get a lot of the stats. It, it's beyond frustrating if you are a Lions fan. I mean, this is a team that had the number one scoring offense for three weeks, and then the defense couldn't figure it out, so they weren't winning those games. And then the you know it, the bye week happens and all of a sudden the offense can't figure it out and the defense is figuring it out. If they just put it all together, maybe they can actually win more than you know a few more games. But the pieces are there. Pieces are there, I suppose. Uh one other name we'll throw out there I alluded to at the top of the show, Pete Warner, who went down at you know on Monday night, the backup that I would be chasing. Um and I go into a little bit more in depth on this week's newsletter. Again, you can check that on the link of my Twitter bio. It is Caden Ellis. Yippee. No one that not, I'm not super excited about this just because it means that Pete Warner is not out there. Uh, but in 57% of snaps this past week, he grabbed five tackles. He grabbed a sack. I expect him to get the job, not Zach Vaughn. And we've seen, you know, what Pete Warner can do with this role. We see Demario Davis drop into coverage or blitz. He doesn't really play that run defense role that Pete Warner and Caden Ellis will be asked to do. So that's valuable. That's really valuable. And I don't know how long Pete Warner will be out. Obviously, the injury was suffered you know, not even 12 hours ago. So we'll see as details come out about that. But if it is a long-term injury, Caden Ellis is shaped up to be a very relevant name as we head into the second half of this fantasy season. All right, let's go on to the defensive backs. So interesting few names last week that we threw out there. Uh, we talked about Kareem Jackson, especially with Kane Stearns being on the IR. Uh, he's on, he was on bye, so we'll see how he does this next week. Um, CJ Gardner-Johnson who was having off to a really good start on the tackle day and then just didn't really do much else after that. But he did grab an interception, which keeps his streak alive, leads the league in interceptions. So saved your fantasy day with that. I mentioned Marcus Epps, who only got five tackles, kind of an underwhelming day. I'll call that a miss for me. And I mentioned Juju Hughes just if Deshaun Elliott missed. Deshaun Elliott played, so Juju Hughes did not. Uh, but that's not the only Lions player we're going to mention in this segment. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, the big news of yesterday, uh, or a few few big news, but uh, Xavier McKinney put out that statement on Twitter, and it was weirder to read by the sentence. He will be missing extended time with a, I believe he broke his hand, in an ATV accident during the Giants' bye week. <sighs> this is just so dumb on so many levels. And Xavier McKinney has been underwhelming for IDP all year. You know, he's been dropping deeper. Julian Love, my guy, has been filling in the box and jumping in a little bit more than other people were expecting. So it's not the biggest change, but we've seen Dane Belton, who is the pickup here, fill in admirably at times for Xavier McKinney. He has five tackles. Um, what's it He has five tackles in two of the three games where he did fill in for McKinney at that 70% snap mark. So again, 
kind of low upside type of play unless he gets that turnover. He gets the unless he gets the interception. Dane Belton isn't a special guy to be making super playmaking opportunities, but he will get the snaps. He will get a decent tackle floor of around that five mark. You don't want to be burnt and you're in a deeper format, maybe. But uh that's the name. What a what a I, I don't want to call it dumb, but it is dumb. It, it is dumb, right, Brandon? Oh, it is. Um I just can't believe there's not more clauses in contracts about this kind of stuff. You know, after, you know, you know, Roethlisberger had the motorcycle accident and, you know, a couple other, you know, uh, players and, you know, with um, Miles Garrett driving stupid crazy, you know, in his car, just, just so yeah. much risk. And uh, yeah, I, I, I don't get it, but um, you know, I guess if you're, you're these athletes in prime shape, you want to, do all these risky things, um, but it's it's just crazy to me. Yeah, and that that was the first thing I thought of was about the contract. And I did look it up, and people were also wondering, so I got the answer. Uh, it is against the contract, believe it or not. So the Giants technically, and this is important to follow, I guess, the Giants could technically void Xavier McKinney's guaranteed money. They could avoid him and then, in theory, release him right now. Now he's a team captain for the team and a great player for them, so that's just not going to happen, which is why we haven't heard of it. But it, it, it is in the contract because I was wondering the same thing. And to mention here uh, with Anthony Mejia about Martin Emerson, yes, you definitely want to be checking him out. He's been racking up those tackles. We mentioned him on the show, I think, um, three weeks ago, maybe, um, when he was coming off the six-tackle game against the Patriots. He followed it up with a four and a sack. And then this past week, obviously, he had 12. Uh, just, you know, he's, he's, had, he's been very good for them because they've also been very targeted because, again, this Brown secondary has struggled. Um, so I, you know, you write it out until Denzel Ward comes back. And even then he might be still a relevant name. Cornerbacks always have that bit of volatility. Just going to mention that while we're on the defensive back segment of this. So let's, uh, number two, I will throw out this name that I alluded to before with this Detroit system, Kirby Joseph, who was Aaron Rodgers' favorite target this past week, had two interceptions, the most he's had in his career because most people don't have that he has five tackles in uh, each of the last three games or more um and he's forcing fumbles he's deflecting passes he's been excellent opposite opposite of deshaun elliott and his rise as this rookie fifth round pick has really i think it's coincided with what you mentioned before brandon about this defense coming along of late i think kirby joseph and his coverage skills have been a huge part of that so i really expect him to continue as this year goes on uh deshaun elliott obviously being the more tackle heavy, the more fantasy friendly of the two Detroit safeties, but Kirby's making plays. He's someone that is still that I want to be, you know, stashing and playing in certain matchups where I do think he could get an interception. And the downright thing is that he's playing well. So I do think his snaps are going to maintain. We'll throw on two other names here. Uh, one of which Brandon Jones's replacement. We alluded to it last week, I think. And if we didn't, I apologize. We thought it might be Eric Rowe and it turned out it was Eric Rowe. He got 77% snaps. They've been kind of rotating the role. So not something that I'm 100% confident will repeat, but I do expect him to uh, get as long as, you know, until something changes otherwise, until I get indication that it would. So for all Brandon Jones is on the IR. This is Miami safety, Eric Rowe filling in. He had seven tackles and 77% of snaps this past week. And it helps that Miami's allowing the 10th, uh, the 10th longest time possession to their opponents when they're, you know, it's just more defensive plays that they are allowed to have. And, you know, it, it's been more true in the last three games as well. So Eric Rowe is somebody that you can pick up, stream, work it out because they, he has a good role. And hey, if we're not chasing roles, then we're not really playing IDP fantasy, right, Brendan? Definitely, and uh, you know, just just add on Eric Rowe. I, you know, he's had some good games in the past. You know, I've been able to play him spot duty the last couple of years. So definitely, um, I think it's always good someone that has had success in the past, and then when they're thrust in a role, at least we've seen them do it before. Yeah, and uh, it, it always adds with that, right? It's, it kind of reaffirms what you're seeing in front of you. Um, oh, and I also mentioned last. We also mentioned last week uh, Andrew Adams, who got seven tackles on 97 snaps. Somebody that, which is ridiculous, how often the Titans' defense was on the field this past uh, on Sunday night. Um, so that got done for you if you picked him up and played him in lieu of Amani Hooker's injury. Not something I'm chasing because his tackles have been very up and down in the starts that he has made. 
and they play 97 snaps. That's something that's not going to happen again. That's ridiculously high. Um, and the other name of three throughout there was Israel uh, Mukamu. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, that is the Dallas safety. I'm throwing it out there with uh, they had their buy, obviously. So the injury status of a lot of their players is kind of unknown right now. Um, but Malik Hooker was dealing with injury. Um, I, I'm to- Donovan Wilson was dealing with injuries as well. And uh, Jaron Kyrus was dealing with injuries. All three of their safeties were dealing with injuries. So Israel Mukamu could be thrown into a promising role. It's something you might want to be picking up later in the week if you do need a replacement. All right, let's get into some defensive questions. So we have a few of them in the chat, I am sure, because we have a lovely chat, awesome chat filled with people. And again, if you have questions, drop them in the chat. We'll answer the offensive ones at the end of offense. We'll answer the defensive ones right now. So throw them out there. Why not? Uh, let's see. Let's uh, let, let's start with... Da, 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 da. Well, that this one will warm my heart right here with infinite possibilities, saying that you picked up Jack Sanborn when I mentioned it on Twitter when the Roquan Smith trade went down. And he's been smiling ever since. Well, I hope I keep the smile going, man. I really do appreciate that. Um, da, 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 da. A lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of Miles Hartfield and let's see let, let, let's just make a question out of this one. I picked up Miles Hartfield, the Carolina corner slash safety, uh, by McCain and Kevin Williams, uh, deep sleeper, riding them the rest of the season. I would have the most hope. I am not counting on Bobby McCain personally. Um, I don't mind it as a deep sleeper. And Miles Hartfield's been anything so deep. He's been excellent right now. We'll see if Jeremy Chin's return factors in with that maybe. Um, and Kevin Williams has been good as well. So somebody that I'm really, you know, it, it, somebody that I'm fine with. Uh, but, you know, there's always some volatility. I think Miles Hartfield is definitely ahead above the rest for these guys. Um, and do we like Carl Granderson of New Orleans? Do you have any thoughts on Carl Granderson, Brandon? Otherwise, I'm going to have to look up some stuff. Uh, I saw him play, you know, he had a, I believe he had a late uh, tackle for loss last night. Um, I feel like they rotate a lot of defensive, their defensive linemen quite a bit um, for the Saints. So I, 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 I'm honest, I'm honestly the same, you know, I don't know, you know, at, at exactly how many tackles he's getting. Um, it'd be a dart throw, um, not one necessarily I would, I yeah. would really be hoping for. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, if you want to take a dart throw, I guess you could do worse than doing it against you know the Steelers this coming week. But, I mean, he only played 12 snaps uh, Monday, and he you know he's peaked around that 30 to 40% mark. Now, Marcus Davenport did leave, you know, last uh, yeah, last night's game. So maybe, you know, maybe that changes things. Maybe Granderson finds, finds himself into a bigger role. Um, but until I see it with how defensive line can be of a zero tag, like I wouldn't be surprised if – Granderson dropped zero on a certain week. He's had a very good efficiency rating of when he's, you know, he's making plays on the very few snaps he's on. But, you know, there's only so many Justin Houston type of role players that I want to be taking chances on. Granderson might be a deep stash. And, you know, I think you've asked me questions about a 53-man roster. If you have a 53-man roster, I think you do worse than Granderson. Um, and, you know, because 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 I, because I like the infant possibility to answer your offensive one real quick, because we also have Brandon the Jaguars fan. Is he holding up? Uh, is he wasting a roster spot on Jermichael Hasty? Uh, yeah, I would say yes, because if if ETN goes down, I, I don't believe Hasty is your your going to take a full on role. He's a complimentary back. So if you know, I don't even know if there's someone else on the roster. They like him, uh, but I don't see him as the handcuff to ETN. I think it would just be a bunch of crappy running backs that uh, they try to piece together if ETN gets hurt. And, uh, you know, so that's my opinion, at least. I guess if you have super deep benches, you know, he's, he is the, you know, change of pace kind of guy that they put in there. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't hesitate to drop him for someone else that, that I thought would be more useful. Yeah, I com- I'm completely of the same mindset, like, Jermichael Hayes is not going to get 20 carries. That's not the player he is. If ETN went down, you're chasing a volume role. He will split it with Snoop Connor, or they'll bring somebody in, or they'll put an increased emphasis. I mean, he will be an interesting PPR play should ETN go down, but uh, not someone that I am chasing in redraft leagues if my benches are not super deep. Maybe a dynasty stash because he is a handcuff in a way. Uh, but let's move on to the offensive side of the ball. Let's go to the quarterback. So last week, 
Last week, disappointing. Uh, disappointing, disappointing. So, Marcus Mariota, who had his first week without a touchdown since week four, was a name that I threw out there I was excited about. And Andy Dalton also obviously put up a stinker on Monday Night Football. Uh, tried to get done in garbage time there, and Juwan Johnson and the Ravens kind of bailed him out at the end there with a touchdown. Did you did you catch that, Brandon, by the way? That, that Juwan, jo- uh, Juwan Johnson touchdown at the end of that game? Or no? Yes, did you I, I, I did. I did. What I did, was I did. that? What was that? Oh, yeah, as the yeah. as the guy that lost a league because I was I lost by point seven. I need Olave to get one more catch, and that oh, drive just no. ended just like oh, that. No. And I was like, oh come on, man, come on. And I need to win that league, but uh, man, they, either way, we're gonna try to do better than the quarterbacks this week. Uh, first name, you know, I'll, I'll let you take the lead on one of these, Brandon. Which one, which name do you want to throw out first? Yeah, I guess let, let, let's go with uh, Jared Goff. He kind of had a bounce back after, you know, a couple underwhelming performances. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I mean, he's he, – he, he, what a weird guy this year, right? Because, like, like we, we the, the Lions are such a weird team where all of a sudden we're chasing them because they're scoring points and the defense is bad. And now all of a sudden the defense is good and the offense is bad and – I think they just, yeah, I do think they'll get on the right path. I'm not exactly sure what even happened this past week, but the matchups are good, right? I mean, Chicago has a lot of 84 points in the last two weeks. That's who he faces this coming week. Um, and if any, if Fields has shown anything in the past few weeks, is that this is going to be a competitive game. The Bears are not going to be blown out of this. And, you know, it could be an interesting game to look at the over for, but I, I, I do think Jared Goff could be streamed this week, especially with. Um, what's it with Amon Ra being as great as he is, assuming that he's at full strength, and hopefully they get maybe DJ Chark back on the edge, even if he's not great, but he at least poses a threat. Maybe they get Josh Reynolds back. They've just lost a lot of their weapons, and hopefully, if they get some of those back, I do think Jared Goff can see a return to relevancy. No, I agree. I think some of his uh, struggles has had to do with those injuries to the weapons. Um, I think it's going to be hard to figure out, other than St. Brown, like who's going to get going to get the uh, receptions week to week because we saw two tight ends that weren't supposed to be the you know tight ends got the touchdowns this this week. So um, you know it's going to be a little mitts and match, but um, that doesn't really matter for Jared Goff near the uh, red zone. You know he he was throwing to some of the tight ends, and um, you know although the defense has been playing better. Uh, we don't know how long that will really keep up, and like you said, this this game sh- this game should really be a very good fantasy high uh, scoring game. So obviously, it'll probably be a six to three game just because we want it want it to be such high scoring. No, no, don't do that. Don't don't do that. Let's <laughs> manifest. Let's manifest <laughs> a sixty point night out of these guys. Um, and yeah, I mean, listen, I I do think that the real life impact has really been lost on the fantasy community of losing guys like Josh Reynolds and losing guys like DJ Chark, because those are outside receivers that allow Amon Ra to help thrive inside. You know, it's a lot easier to bracket a a slot receiver when, you know, you don't have anybody running up the sides. When when you're worried about Khalif Raymond, you know, allow Khalif Raymond to work the outside. Hey, put some know? respect on his name. Put He's some been quietly good. <laughs> I, I will give you that. He has been quietly good this year. But he's still not someone that you want to be starting on your, on your uh, not let alone fantasy roster, on your NFL roster. I'll, I will say that. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's move on to another name here. So that was obviously, uh, that was obviously Jared Goff as a streamer. I'm going to mention Jimmy Garoppolo, who I have been, Talking about, I feel like every three, every two to three weeks on this show as a streamer, because that's kind of what he is. He's a good streamer, and he faces the Chargers with one of the most underwhelming defenses of this season, a very injured, banged-up unit uh, that is allowing the third most points per game, not to quarterback, but to teams in general. So I kind of want the guy that's going to be driving them down there and getting them down there. And what I mentioned when they traded for Christian McCaffrey is Garoppolo doesn't have to do a dang thing in this offense he doesn't have to do anything he just has to get the ball in the hands of the best yards after catch players in the nfl of christian mccaffrey of debo samuel of george kittle of brandon Ayuk. all those guys can take these five yard slants that jimmy grapple throws to the house and it's just such a good recipe for fantasy success when you don't have to 
he's in such a comfortable position. And I think fantasy owners can be too to kind of establish a high enough floor that the wide receivers can create for Jimmy Garoppolo. And he's played fairly well of late. And hopefully he gets Debo Samuel, who's been missing with a hamstring injury. They had their bye week, so hopefully that means Debo is back. But regardless, I'm still interested in playing. Um, I'm still interested in playing Jimmy Garoppolo in this one. And I think Christian McCaffrey is going to drop at least 60 to 70 fantasy points this week, probably. Did you say 60? I did say 60. I was waiting for you to be like, oh, well, calm down, Mike. I was waiting uh, for you I would, love, I would, As a Christian McCaffrey owner, I would absolutely love that. At first, I was like, man, did he say 60? Oh, I'd love that. I will say I'm very interested in the next couple weeks with Jimmy Garoppolo because I think he has an opportunity if he really shows he could be more than just a streaming option with the weapons he has. He could be a fringe quarterback one you know, in good matchups um, with just what he has to do because – if McCaffrey's going to get a lot of play, he's not necessarily going to, you know, run in a lot of, um, you know, touchdowns when they get into the red zone. I think it's going to be a lot of short passes, those type of things. And if he can, like you said, he has all these weapons, you know, and throw in George Kittle. I mean, there is no reason he shouldn't at the at at floor have like 250 passing yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, that that should and, be his floor, and that's like. I, like you just mentioned as well, great point. If this could be rest of season, because listen, even the next few weeks, I say the Chargers are a good matchup now. They have Arizona next week, and Arizona's secondary has been sauced up left, right, and center, and not in a sauce Gardner way. After that is the Saints, which were just not annihilated on national television last night, although more so on the ground than through the air. Um, but again, dump down to Christian McCaffrey, count his passing yards. That is That still works for the running back. And after that, Miami. And then the Bucks, which have a horrific secondary. And then Seattle, who has a bad secondary. And then Washington, who has a bad secondary. And then can I interest you in a championship week Raiders matchup? You know? Oh, that, man. That is – like as, as as a Jimmy Garoppolo owner, as you just went through that schedule, it made me so happy to hear <laughs> hear that. And truly, if, if, if Jimmy, with all these weapons, can't get it done for you, you know, oh with that goodness. schedule, then he's never going to do it. So – Yeah. So – and that's 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 exactly it. So, and as somebody who has you know this next name I want to mention, uh, I have Josh Allen in too many fantasy leagues right now, and I'm starting to get a little bit worried about that elbow. I have Jimmy Garoppolo as a backup in most of them. And on the topic of Josh Allen, the third name I want to mention in Superflex League, you are not looking at him in redraft still. Case Keenum, who has been a fancy starter in the past, who has been a capable NFL quarterback in the past. You have. To, I can see you trying to think back to the Minnesota days for when that was the last time it was the case. It has been a minute, but there's a lot to like in Buffalo. It's still a good team. Granted, Josh Allen got a lot done with his legs because he is a otherworldly talent. But in Superflex leagues, I do want Case Keenum. And I think you could do worse than somebody that is going to be on your wire who is at least has starting capability and has stuff on digs. So... In Superflex leagues, I'm willing to stash him. I want to see how he does. And even if we don't get news of what Josh Allen is today, I do want to throw in a waiver claim for him just in case because I have a very bad feeling about this uh, this elbow for Allen. And I don't know whether it means long term, whether it means less effective, but just something I was just something I I, I maybe I'm maybe I'm manifesting bad thoughts right now, Brandon. I don't know. I, I sure hope not because there's a couple teams that I'm in like first or second place and it's only because of Josh Allen. Like, yeah, you know, it's super flex. And when I did the drafts, I just got, I just went quarterback heavy with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. So like the rest of the roster is like bad, but they yeah. just like, they just hold me up. But anyway, Case Keenum has, you know, familiarity with Stefan Diggs, like you said, in, in Minnesota. Um, I don't expect the offense obviously to run as smoothly, but he's shown he's a capable player. They have tons of weapons there. Um, I do wonder if they start um, with Case Keenum, they so they don't keep the hands in, the ball in his hands too much. If there's a much um, quicker, you know, passes less deep shots, um, but we'll have to see. But I think he, you know, obviously the value for Diggs won't be as high with Josh Allen, but I think he's still fine. I think um, maybe Dawson Knox gets a little uptick um, in, in in some volume, uh, but. Definitely not what you want to hear. Um, I would assume the Bills are going to play it somewhat safe, if anything, because they could probably go a week or two and let Josh Allen rest that elbow 
and you know because they're worried about the Super Bowl, not you know these regular season games in particular. Yep. And that also reminds me on a defensive note here. If Matt Milano misses time, I mean this Bills defense is going to see a lot of snaps the next few weeks if Josh Allen misses, and even if he does and he's just injured. Uh, Terrell Bernard on a total throwback that I should have remembered to throw out in the linebacker position. Terrell Bernard should be picked up and rostered if he isn't in your league. Um, but yes, on the quarterback note, what I hear, what I heard from you, you said Dawson Knox could see an uptake. You saw Diggs could be fine. Um, I hear Isaiah McKenzie wide receiver one the rest of the way. Um, but maybe that's wishful thinking of somebody who has flashed it. I'm glad I could at least get a chuckle out of there, out of my broken spirit of my Isaiah McKenzie truth over there. But uh, let, let's move on to running backs. Let's move away from Case Keenum. Remember as well, if you have any offensive questions or even defensive questions, this is an IDP guys waiver wire show. Drop them in the chat. We will get to them at the end of the offensive segment. It's my favorite part of the show on today's answering the questions. So, running backs last week with but that was also because the we are we have reached the bottom of the barrel uh we have we had caleb hunley who didn't matter because cordell patterson ended up returning and i mentioned dontrell hilliard as somebody that i actually expected i thought dontrell hilliard would have more run on monday on sunday night especially in a game that the titans were in he only saw three carries he didn't catch a ball it was uh definitely a disappointing day for for me on a deep shot there but, uh, I mean, it, it, this is where we're at with Week 10. And it does get a little bit better than what we threw out last week here, but not much. This first name, I do think, is actually somebody I'm somewhat interested in. And maybe that's just because of how bad the position is right now. But Jeff, that's Jeff Wilson. So, Jeff Wilson was probably thrown to the wire, burned, left for dead after Chris McCaffrey was traded. And rightfully so. Because Chris McCaffrey came out, he did everything. Then... Miami went out and traded for Jeff Wilson, who immediately slotted in as the RB2, and maybe, just maybe, Brandon, the RB1, because it was a near 50-50 split, despite learning the playbook like four days before, because it is a San Fran system. He's somewhat familiar with it in this Mike, uh, Mike McDaniel system. Raheem Mostert only, you know, outcarried him by, I think, two, and the snap share was almost identical. Jeff Wilson caught three balls. Mostert doesn't catch passes. What is the split here? Are we interested in either of them? Obviously, my, my thinking here is that as the guy that was so in on Chase Edmonds and so upset by Chase Edmonds not working out, is that Jeff Wilson is going to do what they wanted Chase Edmonds to do. But Chase Edmonds was too bad to realize it. They signed him $16 million to be the 1B. And now they've traded Jeff Wilson to do that exact same role. And I do think there is some role for relevancy on this Miami offense that is scoring points. It's a good offense. So... How far off are you? I'm someone I'm pretty excited about Jeff Wilson as much as anyone could be excited about Jeff Wilson. Funny you say Jeff Wilson because in the uh, if you check out the offensive waivers article this week, Jeff Wilson leads it. Um, I, and I said a lot of what you said, said you know, I picked up Jeff Wilson a lot of places. I've always really liked Jeff Wilson, you know, for the 49ers. Because it's like they always are like he's the last option. You know, when everyone else gets yeah. hurt, they throw him in. And then he always plays really well. So I don't really get it. And, you know, I, I thought he was done, you know, when uh, McCaffrey, McCaffrey went there. Then he got traded. I would, you know, pique my interest a little bit. And also, I thought Chase Edmonds was uh, – I was all in on Chase Edmonds this year. It didn't work out. My thinking is – so, you know, I know he knows the playbook a little bit. But, you know, first first week – um, and he gets pretty much 50-50. And if you look at how he did, he was much more efficient, much more yep. productive when he ran the ball. Um, and we know Raheem Mostert is injury-prone anyway. So I would uh, imagine I, – I don't think Mostert is going away as long as he's healthy. But I could see, you know, more of a 60-40, 65-35 split with um, Jeff Wilson getting at least the receiving work. So if, between the two, I would much rather have Je Jeff Wilson. And like you said, this offense moves the ball very well. And, um, you know, they're not going to be afraid to run the ball when it gets close. And Jeff Wilson has shown that he can be a, um, you know, a, a, a very good starting running back. Yeah. And he's got a good matchup with Cleveland on tilt here. Cleveland has been able to stop anybody. Um, after that, they have their buy. And to add to, you know, the good pickup here, they have Houston which is the best running back matchup possible pretty much. Uh, San Fran, which not a great matchup, but we'll add the revenge aspect to it to make it feel even better. Uh, the Chargers, who can't stop the run. Buffalo is a tough matchup there in the fantasy 
uh, fantasy quarterfinals, I believe. And, you know, if you get a bye, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, and then you get Green Bay after that. You have New England, which is a tougher matchup. But all in all, a favorable slate to get you that playoff push. Somebody that in dynasty leagues still get for pretty much dirt, probably. You know, and if you are in need, if you are chasing an RB2 role, I do think you do worse than Jeff Wilson uh, rest of the season. And speaking of doing worse, or you, you could do worse then, you might not feel great about it. Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake balled out last night, Brandon. And. I don't want to be interested in this. I just want to throw it out there because a lot of people are talking about him because he was very good last night. I do expect Gus Edwards to come back um, after their the Ravens are on by this week. Uh, correct, right? I, yeah, yes, they yes. are because I have a lot of Lamar on by and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do at quarterback. And I have a lot of Mark Andrews on by. I've been trying to figure out what I'm doing at tight end, which we'll get about, we'll get to in a couple of minutes here with the tight ends. But um, it's it's. I, I, I'm not interested in Kenny Drake because I do expect Gus Edwards to come back and I do expect Gus Edwards to get the role because I do think Gus Edwards is a better player than Kenny Drake. That said, Kenny Drake played remarkably well. So is there any, what are you interested at all in Kenny Drake in terms of holding him through a bye? I would just because all the injuries in that Baltimore backfield. Um, I, I agree. I think Gus Edwards is going to be back. But they do such – the Ravens do such weird things with their running yeah. backs. Like the week after Kenyon Drake had that big game like a couple weeks ago, Gus Edwards just came back. I thought it might be a 50-50 split and like Drake didn't do anything. And then after that big game by Gus Edwards, then Drake like caught a touchdown. You know, it, it, but I would hold on to because, um, you know, I don't know the severity of Gus Edwards' injury. But, uh, you know, and – Kenyon Drake is going to get the at least the passing work, uh, you know, because Gus Edwards just doesn't get passes. So if you are able to, I would hold him because you want the Baltimore Ravens running back because it, it's so so productive. Because they, I mean, first of all, they don't have any receivers and they need to run the ball. So if you can, I would I would keep him. But I know it's hard to keep someone that is kind of like you know not even the set starter, especially on a bye week. Yeah, and it, I will note that Gus Edwards' injury was it was supposed to be minor, but it was also a hamstring, and he didn't practice last week. So you never know with hamstrings. We've seen injuries be called minor, and then they end up Rashad Bateman. So, you know, same exact team, unfortunately. So we'll see how that plays out. Hopefully that's not the case with Gus because he looks pretty good. Don't say team. Rashad Bateman's name. It just makes me uh, so sad. It, it makes, makes me so sad. So sad. Yeah. It, it, it's not fair, honestly. Um the last running back name I'll throw out there, not someone I'm excited about at all, but just to see, Tyrion Davis-Price. Didn't like him as a prospect. I don't think you did either, Brandon, if I remember correctly. Yeah, uh, out of LSU, but and was weirdly drafted high because that's what San Fran does with their running backs. But Jeff Wilson, who we just mentioned, is now gone. We've seen the RB2 role in San Francisco have value. That won't happen with Christian McCaffrey, but this is the handcuff to own, I think. And... Is a rookie after a bye week, which I'm always somewhat interested to see because they tend to have bigger roles. And obviously, we just had a lot of shakeup, but just someone to keep in mind of if Tyrion Price, Price David, yeah, if Tyrion Davis Price came out there and actually Elijah Mitchell might also be back. This is just a situation to avoid. It's Christian McCaffrey or bust. Forget what I said. I have no interest in this at all. I, w- I was about to say, did something <laughs> happen to Elijah Mitchell that I don't know about? I have been, I have been counting <laughs> Elijah Mitchell for dead ever since he left the field in week one. And I I apologize to the Elijah Mitchell and his stands out there and for everyone listening who had to hear me say Tyrion Davis-Price. Um, I, I will just stop you for just two seconds. I will say if you do have a deep bench – and he is sitting out there. I mean, there would, there could be, you know, he, we know how San Francisco does with the running backs, and who knows, he might, you know, have some kind of, you know, fantasy appeal. But like, yeah, like you said, I wouldn't touch him unless I have, you know, a pretty deep bench, or there's just no one else, and you just need someone to pick up. Yeah, it's 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 the same concept of what we said with Baltimore. If you want that guy, whether he is. He's not going to be that guy, but he might be able to get a bigger role than you expect. Uh, let's move on to the wide receivers. So last week, interesting bunch of names. We threw out Rondell Moore, who got it done. 
um, great and felt felt good. Um, and large part of that, I'm trying to find the stat right now. The they they finally decided this is what Cliff Kingsbury does is DeAndre Hopkins come back and they're like, okay, now it's time to move Rondell Moore in the slot, and he t- ends up doing well in the slot because believe it or not, this five seven receiver. Um, who saw eight slot snaps in week seven and then 45 and 41 in week eight and week nine, where he had infinitely better days. He actually works in the slot a little bit better than he work out. Why Brandon, that is the next level uh, coaching of Cliff Kingsbury. So I, I hate, I hate Cliff Kingsbury yeah. so much, yep. so much. It, it, so he, much. he is, he is basically my, he is, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. He's my, He's the devil on my right shoulder somehow. He just <laughs> never goes away. Uh, but Ronald Moore popped off right last week, so hopefully you were able to get him if you didn't get him the week before. Uh, I mentioned Josh Palmer against that juicy Atlanta matchup. He got over 100 yards, so that got done. I mentioned Terrace Marshall, 3 for 53 and 1. Never looks too pretty, but he tends to he's, – he's getting done right now with the slots uh, – with the, the snap share he's getting. And we mentioned Devin Duvernay if he was available as the Ra- uh, Ravens' new wide receiver one. Uh, I – believe Devin Duvernay had a pretty bad day last night, but they also really did not need him in a game the Ravens were in control of pretty much the entire way. Uh, so this week, we're going to try to keep this going. It's a much uglier group than guys like Rondell Moore. Um, so I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll start off by saying, do we, I, I kind of want a piece of Houston. It's bad. Why do I want a piece of Houston, Brandon? Is this just because it's week 10? It's a week ten things with the, I don't want I normally wouldn't want any AFC South players. No offense, but um, Phil Dorsett is the name I'll be chasing if because I don't know if the I don't know if Houston reconciles this with Brandon Cooks. I know he came back in the facilities. I hasn't been good this year. Period. And Nico Collins remains out. Phil Dorsett has looked fine. He is the big guy on the outside. He's somebody that uh, he feels like what Nico uh, Nico Collins was doing at the end of last year, where. Production is a bit spotty, but Davis Mills is looking at him, and he is throwing the ball to him. So I have some interest in Philip Dorsett to be streaming based on matchups. He had three catches on five targets for 69 last week. It's a deeper type of thing. It's not something you want to be forced into, but if you have a bye week, if you have an injury, I think you could do worse than Philip Dorsett. No, I totally agree. Uh, I actually, in the waiver column too, I had Chris Moore as I, I, I wouldn't put in the claim because – I just don't trust it. With Philip Dorsett, I know he's kind of been up and down throughout his career, but at least we've seen him, you know, in New England some, Indy some, put up these good games. And like you said, I, I don't know how long Nico's going to be out. And like you said, I don't know the whole situation with Brandon Cooks. It doesn't look great. So I I just have more trust in Philip Dorsett. Is it a lot of trust? No, no, not at all. This is definitely much deeper or just like a flex on a bye, bye week. But, you know, Houston's falling behind in games. Luckily, Damian Pierce is still getting his. Yeah. But there's there has to be at least one receiving option that's going to get something. So as long as Cooks is out, I, you know, Philip Dorsett is, is probably the one I, I'm chasing there. But like you said, it is real ugly. Real Doesn't feel ugly. good. Does not feel good. And on the top of Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury for Grant Com did free the Cardinals offense from Cliff. That is entirely correct. That is, that is a great point, and that's exactly what we should talk about as the Cardinals fall to 0-2 since the new COD has been released. Important stats to be mentioned here on this waiver wire show. Um, another another uh, I, I I got the next two names are so similar and yet so different to me. Um Jarvis Landry, I'll throw it here. I what am I doing to myself with this week of waiver wire pickups? But uh Jarvis Landry, the king of the low average depth of target, might just be the favorite target of Andy Dalton because of his play style. Now, Chris Olave will get his. He's a good player. Kamara gets his. But Jarvis Landry will see a lot of snaps in his first game back this week. I fully expect him to play. He plays Pittsburgh, which has been one of, if not the worst uh, defenses against the wide receiver this year, depending on your format. And... That's, you know, that that's that works. That works. I really think he could get done on a PPR basis this week. He's available in all your leagues because he's been injured the entire season. He's mostly dust, but I do think that he's going to see high snaps, and I do think he has a great matchup in the same sense that I I think you can expect a DeAndre Carter type of week right now. 
where DeAndre Carter, you could play last week. He got 452 and fell just short of the uh, touchdown, if I remember correctly. Um, I, I think you're going to see a similar week from Jarvis Landry in terms of not stretching the field, very different players, but you chase the matchup. And I do think inevitably he's going to get it done for a 10-point day. Yeah, I agree. I mean, early in the season before he got hurt, he had a ton of targets. I know that was with Jameis, but they need receivers. And he's been a dependable receiver throughout his career. Uh, Traquan Smith is so, you know, you can't you can't count on him week to week. Marcus, you know, uh, Callaway, you can't, uh, you know, count on week to week. So at least that, you know, two veterans, you know, with Dalton, maybe you'll find it. So, you no, know, I do agree. And he could have, you know, that, that slot receiver type role where, you know, he – he has, you know, five catches, but, you know, very little yards, but it gives you a nice floor, you know, at at, at a bye week, you know, some of your wide receivers are, are on bye. Five for 50. I really think five for 50 is in the cards this week against this uh, Steelers defense that can't stop a gust of wind. Um, so that's, yeah, that that's Jarvis Landry right there. And I'm surprised you didn't mention uh, Rashid Shahid or um, uh, Kevin White. This uh, dominant Saints wide receiver room that they've put together. Oh so man, this went down. I actually uh, started Rashid Shahid last night because I was like, he's been getting like these light long passes. So I was like, I'm hoping for one like long touchdown. Definitely didn't get that. Zero. Yeah, yeah, he did. I think he almost caught a ball on the sideline once in that game. If I remember watching correctly, I was watching the Manicast. It was hard to follow. But uh, number three. On this list, I, 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 we don't normally throw a number three, but I'm, I, I have been quietly impressed with this guy, and he's one of your guys, I imagine, as a Jaguar. Zay Jones, who has seen quiet volume all year long, hasn't had the ceiling because the, you know, the Jaguars are not scoring a ton of touchdowns more often than not, and he's also not really that and their red zone guy because Travis Etienne gets all of the work as he should um, now, so. Zay Jones has seen five targets in, I believe, three of the last four games. That's not a high number, but it's all right. He's seen up to 10 in one of those. He's had tough matchups, really tough matchups. And I remind people as well, start off the, the first three weeks with, you know, the first three weeks, he was a wide receiver too, I believe. He had a really strong start to this season. He's had Houston, Indianapolis, the Giants, and Denver in the last four weeks, which are all bottom 10 or all the top 10 hardest teams to play against against the wide receiver this year that eases up this week. And we saw this week against the Raiders. He had 540 meh. It's a meh day that he had, but I think that's his floor again this week against the chiefs, which is a top 10 matchup. We saw what wide receivers can do. Maybe not the Titans because they don't have one, but this is a chiefs team that's been allowing one of the, some of the most points of the fancy wide receiver. And they just play a Titans team that didn't have a wide receiver catch a pass that's still baked in and they're still getting sauce that much. So I really think Zay Jones could be a very good play. Somebody that I'm probably going to be lining up in DFS lineups, honestly, uh, just a guy that used all over the field, especially in the slot. And I, I like Zay Jones. I think he's been quietly a good player this year. And I do think this is going to be a good week for him. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think there is a connection. You saw that in preseason. I think he's overtaken Marvin Jones. Yes. Um, and I think um, what, at least to me, what happened was Christian Kirk came on really hot the first couple games. Then teams started like uh, game planning him more. Then Zay Jones started getting the ball more. And then they found new ways to get Kirk the ball. So Zay Jones kind of stuck at that five catch. So I think it's going to be like up and down kind of like that. But like you said, that floor is going to be there. Um, it just depends because to be totally honest, I never know week to week what, what we're going to get out of Trevor. You know, he shows some really good things, but it's, it's inconsistent, but this coming week against the chiefs, um, I expect the, I expect Mahomes to go off against the Jets defense, um, throwing the ball. So they're going to have to play catch up a lot more. So I could see, um, you know, uh, Zay Jones getting quite a few targets this week. Yeah, I, I, I am surprisingly excited to see what he can do against that Chiefs defense. Um, let's move on to the tight end. So two weeks ago was a down week, fully admitted. It was very disappointed with myself on that this past week, a bit better. Uh, I brought up Evan Ingram, who obviously got hurt halfway through. And, you know, he, he, he wasn't having a great day, so you could call that an L on my part if you'd like. He also didn't play the second half, which is when the Jaguars offense actually got going. Um, but... Noah Fant was someone I ranked very highly this week and had a very good day. He almost, I believe he went over 100 yards 
Um, and that, you know, it's chasing that Arizona matchup. The Arizona Cardinals can't guard the tight end. No offense took advantage of that. Uh, we also mentioned Isaiah Likely with Mark Andrews most likely out, which he was. Five targets, only one catch, but that one catch went for a long touchdown on that first play of the game. I believe the first touchdown the Saints have allowed to the tight end this year. So Isaiah Likely got it done. Did the first this year. Good for him. Probably a good streamer uh, rest of the way. Obviously, he's on by this week, so he's not going to help you, but hopefully some of these other names will. Um, the, I'll, I'll throw a name that I'm actually excited about. We have another one here that Axton threw down just to, just to tease me a little bit, I think. But uh, Kate Auden is the one I want to throw down. So I think it's been very impressive what these rookie tight ends have done this year in a class that we kind of left for dead of Trey McBride, and then we didn't, you know, we had to, we were like kind of man of the rest, but Isaiah Likely's shown out. Uh, Greg Dolchich, we mentioned on this show before the bye week, he is equally someone I'm interested in right now. Um, so if he is still on your wire, waiver wire, I am willing to pick up Greg Dolchich and play him because he's been excellent. He plays faces Tennessee, so consider this a Greg Dolchich plug as well. But Kate has also been quietly very good, fourth round pick out of Washington for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, assuming Cambray misses another week, which I think he will. He faces Seattle, which is allowing a top three. Uh, he's allowing top uh, top three most amount of fantasy points to the tight end position. We saw Zach Ertz get in the end zone this past week, I believe. And he is 98% available in Yahoo leagues, despite being uh, one of the – he is up there in routes run for tight ends. We talk about that being a very good metric for opportunity. I think that's – it shapes up really well for Kate on the end. The game ceiling touchdown this past week, five for 68. Let's say he gets it done again. Let's say he does it again this week. How about you, Brandon? I love Kate Otten. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, before the season, you know, um, I was pretty high on him and everyone, no one really thought much of him. So, uh, you know, definitely giving myself a pat on the back. But yeah. last three games, he has 16 targets. And I even think when Bray comes back, I don't think Otten's going away because we know with Tom Brady, when he, when he trusts someone, he will just – give them a million targets. And I think you can see he's starting to trust Otten, you know, um, for some reason he just can't get it going with the receivers, but Otten's been doing very well. Um, you know, he, he kind of fits that like Gronk somewhat mold, you know, a blocker that, you know, is a big body that can catch it across the middle, has a little bit of speed. So I really like Kate Otten for the rest of the season. I think um, if he keeps on doing this, I don't know how, even if break comes back, I don't know how you could, keep him off the field i mean if break does anything other than block that would be a travesty of all travesties but i mean todd bowles hasn't been the greatest coach this year either um but yeah i completely agree he was my tight end three pre-draft i wasn't low on him i was just low on the whole class i had isaiah like with my tight end two i believe i had dolchich or i might have had grant calcaterra as my tight end four who went undrafted i was a big fan of grant calcaterra <laughs> uh, I, yeah but that's a side note that's a story for another time uh, the other name we want to throw out there, Cole Komet. Cole, 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 Cole. Gave me Cole for Christmas. If Christmas was in September and October, but he came together this past week for two touchdowns, five receptions on six targets, 41 yards, and two touchdowns. It is now back-to-back weeks with him for a touchdown. Axton, is, uh, Axton asked me if my dreams are coming true because I was a big Cole Komet guy. This offseason, I wrote a very uh, a very detailed article on the IDP, guys. You can check that out if you want to see my process for it. Um, I don't think it's happening. I don't because we're still seeing Justin Fields at his best right now, which I love Justin Fields. I think he's great. Still threw 123 yards this past week. That doesn't leave a ton of room for this passing offense. It's still going to be a very run-heavy team. I, you know, If Cole Komet is going to score great but i'm a lot of these touchdowns are going to come on the ground i'm not going to count on passing touchdowns and we don't we know the yards aren't going to be there so i I, i'm trying to tell with you with your expressions right now on how much you agree with me or how much you disagree with me brandon so let me know yeah so i somewhat believe in him he had he actually made he actually made the waiver article today uh yeah today too so so the the bears for some reason, decided midseason to um, figure out the right offense for Justin Fields rather than the beginning. So three games ago, um, and uh, Cole Komet since three games ago, he has 11 targets. 
you take the 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 what what is it one two three four five you take the six games before that he had 16 total targets so they're definitely getting him more involved so that's positive for me everything you said about the worries about fields not throwing the ball um i agree with but part of last week with the throwing i mean he ran for 178 yards so i mean that you know i would assume that's not gonna happen every week and uh i just I just feel like Justin Fields is a better passer than like everyone gives him credit for. Oh yeah, I completely waiting. agree with that. Completely. Yeah, agree. I'm waiting for it to work. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the offensive line. I don't think coaching and play calling have been best, but it's been getting better. But the one thing I do like is I think Cole Komet will be targeted in the red zone. Obviously, you're chase. I don't love chasing a touchdown in the red zone, but we know with tight ends because um, I saw something. Uh, Isaiah likely had one catch, which was for a touchdown, and he was like tight end nine. You know, yes. so for tight end, it's a low bar. We're talking about a low, low, low bar, Mike. So, um, you know, I don't, I somewhat believe in this. I'm kind of like in the middle. I think I'm in the middle. At least he scored some touchdowns. That's what yeah. we've been waiting for for Cole Komet. I'm, um, you know, cautiously optimistic. And I, 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 I would put myself in that boat, too, because I, I still believe in Cole Komet as a talent. I still believe in Justin Fields as a talent. So in theory, right there, put them together, boom, this should be, you know, slam dunk. I just, I worry that, you know, if, it, 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 six targets is the most he's seen all year. So if he sees, goes down to his three, which is what he's been averaging, if he sees three targets, he catches, let's say, even two balls for 20 yards and he doesn't score, you know, where you got the tight end 30, and that's kind of what he did for the first seven weeks of the season. So, like you said, they did flip a switch. They did figure something out, and they are rolling right now. So, hopefully, that keeps it going, and hopefully, maybe even increase passing volume. Maybe, maybe let him sling it a little bit. But And maybe Chase Claypool has a, has a part to play in that, too, of maybe they start throwing it more than that they have more weapons to throw to. So, definitely uh, something I want to keep an eye on. I'm not willing to pick him up and play him this week, but I do three weeks of it. I'll be ready to be hurt. I'll be ready to be hurt by him if uh, if he goes three weeks in a row of being uh, a relevant name. So that is those uh, that is those are the names we wanted to throw out there. I not I don't think we actually have any other offensive questions to get to here. Uh, let me do a quick scroll. We did the cheat question earlier with Jermichael Hasty. So I do not uh, don't believe we got anything else to be talking about right now, which is great because we've hit the hour mark. That is exactly what we want to be talking about. So. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Brandon, for stopping in. I, I keep pointing to the wrong side, but <laughs> thank you, Brandon, uh, for, for tuning in here because this has been great. You've been excellent on the show. I really do appreciate it. No problem. Uh, it was it was great to talk, and uh, I guess I knew a little more defense than I gave my credit myself credit for, so that was a positive. Hey, man, you're an IDP guy, all right? It's where you're halfway <laughs> through the season. You, we, we have been talking it up all the time at these Discord channels, which – of course, if you're watching right now and you're not a subscriber, really encourage you to check it out uh, at idpguys.com. That's where you know you can become a subscriber and check out all the amazing content, rankings, dynasty rankings, uh, the videos on YouTube as well. And of course, the Discord channel I mentioned where any questions that you got, that gets answered. You ask them, you receive it, trades, uh, dynasty, redraft, whatever format you want, we are bringing bring you in-depth analysis and that is exactly you get your money's worth for sure. And it's just a fun time to be talking with so many people with a like-minded interest. So thank you ever for tuning in. We will see you guys next week, next Tuesday, as usual at 12 p.m. Eastern, right here on the IDP Guys YouTube. Be sure to be checking that out. Be sure to be subscribed. Be sure to follow myself at Michael underscore, underscore Scully. Follow Brandon here at HeyB3. And of course, the IDP guys at IDP guys. So thank you, everybody. Have a good day. Good luck on your waiver wire pickups and good luck on your week 10 matchups.